to invite you to read the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 42. Question 110 and 111. I'm going to read the question and all together let us um, read the answer. Question 110. What does God forbid in the eighteenth commandment? He forbids not only our pleasure and poverty, which is not in our Question 111. What does God require of you in this commandment? So I'd like to invite you to open your Bible in Exodus chapter 20, verse 14. Exodus chapter 20, the Ten Commandments, we are going to read just the verse 15. The Bible says, you shall not steal. Please open your Bible in Exodus as well, chapter 22 verse 1 through 4. Exodus chapter 22, 1 through 4. If a man steal an ox or a sheep and kills or sells, he shall repay fix five oxen for on an ox and four sheep for a sheep. If a thief is found breaking in and is struck so that he dies, there shall be no blood guilt for him. But if the sun has risen on him, there shall be blood guilt for him. He shall surely pay. If he has nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. If the stolen beast is found alive in his possession, whether it is an ox or a donkey or a sheep, he shall pay double. Let us pray. Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, help us to understand your word, your commandments, and help them to be uh, clear and share your message according to your word. That's my prayer in the name of our Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Amen. So I would like to, to keep focus uh, on the verse 15, the chapter 20 in Exodus um, and the Bible says, you, you shall not steal. 
So, our, when you read those commandments, we have the impression that the commandment is, is quite simple, right? Just four for, for words, pretty easy, consistent. That's it. But even in Hebrew, just two words. But it tells us uh, in a simple way that we should not take uh, something that does not belong, belong to us. However, on deep reflection, we will discover that this commitment provides the necessary foundation for all human flourishing on the face of the earth. If we don't obey this commandment as a whole, the society as we see failed to achieve many of God's purpose for them on earth. The commandment is, you shall not steal. Assumes that there is something to steal. Something that belongs to someone, someone else, and not to me. I should not steal anything from you. Because it belongs to you, not to me. Therefore, the commandment, you shall not steal, assumes private ownership of property. Property. Which is best there? Property. None of those. <laughs> property. Property. Assumes private ownership of property. For example, the commitment of thy shall not commit adultery in the basic way is a command to protect the family and shall not kill as the commandment to protect life is because life is valuable before God, the family is valuable and how proper to understand that we are not ultimately owners of everything in fact everything belongs to God Many passages in the Old Testament also show us that God was concerned to protect the private ownership of property. Property was to be all owned by individuals, not by the government or by society as a whole. As Psalm 24 says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness, therefore the world and those who dwell there we are just people who use it. Stewards. This very clear. Everything belongs to God. We are just stewards. And we have to use a fruit. We enjoy these goods. And we manage them as a good stewards of Christ Jesus. But nothing belongs to us. Everything belongs to God. Thou shalt not steal is the name of this commandment. Theft, theft is take what is not given to you. It is also not given what is owned. We saw that scene in James uh, four, 5. When the laborers do not receive an appropriate rage, red wage, but the whole idea of stealing 
is based on assumption that assumption is ownership. The Catechist question 110, as believers in Christ, it is crucial that we prioritize or prioritize all elements of our faith. One highly significant aspect is avoid theft from God. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 through 12, we learn that negligenting to contribute to his temple, engaging in worship and support the community constitutes stealing from God. Such behavior ultimately harms his people. Therefore, as devoted followers of God, we must examine with whether we are meeting his requirements for giving. For giving. Support the church and spread the word of God is certainly a um, noble cause. However, it is, it is merely the tip of the iceberg or the type of the iceberg. It is God's wish that you dedicate it, not just a portion of your financial resource, but your entire being to him. Your entire existence should be devoted to serving him. And the financial will be just the consequence of that. There are actions that may appear acceptably, however, there are others that opposed God's will in either, either, either case harm to others or show disrespect to God. God wants our devotional in our worship and he summons us, summons us to present our lives as a sacrifice in him, in worship alongside his people. Remember, Romans chapter 12 emphasized the importance of a single sacrifice. But it also highlights that significance of many individuals come together in a joint and covenantal act of worship. God urges to give of ourselves and offer our lives as a sacrifice on the altar of worship. To reject this calling is to commit the worst form of theft from God. It is, it is wonderful to live a life focused on God rather than on ourselves. This essential mindset distinguishes a person who centers on God and gives generously to him and others from a person who is greedy. Why the Apostle James recognized that it is not wrong to have some benefits in life. The Bible condemns placing our hearts on them, living for them, and transforming our wants into the needs. It is crucial to differentiate between luxuries and necessities in life. 
The Catechism instructs us that squandering our blessings constitutes a type of disloyalty towards what has been bestowed upon us. It is our duty to be mindful stewards of all that falls within our possession and to avoid wasting anything. Furthermore, the commandment is not just prohibitions, but also obligations, as explained in Catechism question 111. We are called to do all in our power to add our fellow human beings. Treat others with the same kindness we desire for ourselves and work diligently so we can assist those face difficulties. Therefore, brothers and sisters, the 18th commandment is unique. It protects property and possessions. By implication, we, we are also right to think it protects another person's time, talents, and opportunities, everything over which people have been given stewardship. Someone, someone might uh, think or say, like, um, I'm not a thief. I'm not a thief. I'm not a, a shoplift. Shoplift. I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't, I mean, you should be very careful because sometimes I make a mistake the words. I don't want to say like in different way. She, C-H-E-R-E-A-T, C-H-E, T-E-T. Yeah, you know, you don't cheat all my texts. You can say, like, I don't cheat my texts. <laughs> yeah, because you know what I mean. I don't do that in my texts. You can say that. I'm a good person. Why is this comment for me? When I, when I was studying this word, I, that's remind me in Brazil many years ago. Uh, usually, if you go to Brazil, I think uh, most countries of South America, uh, often you are witnessed uh, sellers people or sailors people boarding the buses, bus, bus, or approaching you on the crowns on the street to sell their their merch, merchades, like like cookies, chocolates, or anything. And when they if they want caught your attention, usually they they say. Typical follow words, this are kind of a pattern. I would say in Brazil, they used to say, good afternoon, people. And good afternoon, everyone. I'm selling these items to earn a legitimate life, life livelihood. Although I could, be, I could be stealing, or I could be even killing, but I choose to sell you my words honestly. So help me. And I appreciate if you support me to buy, to purchase my, my products. You make this kind of, I'm not doing that, okay? So, help me out. It seems like, if not, I will do that. 
But we have been faithful stewards. I would like to ask here, have you or have we been faithful stewards? Faithful stewardship of what God entrusts us to require wise, useful use of all of our possessions, and time, and talents, and opportunities. Faithful stewardship requires in, uh, immense wisdom and mature judgment in the complex balance of multiple factors such as love of our neighbor, cares for one's family, wise planning for the future, fear of God, desire to advance the kingdom of God, and a desire to subdue the earth to the glory of God, to spread the gospel, to share the gospel as well. Grateful stewardship in obedience to the 18th commandment also requires avoiding their temptation and sins connected with possessions, such as uh, gluttony, or it's too much, gluttony, or gluttony. Greed, selfishness, materialism, and waste. It is also requires that we avoid laziness, apathy. Further, the, the, the stewardship requires requirements imply that the 18th commands are long, are lifelong. They, they, they begin with childhood, with the responsibility to care for one's toys and a small responsibilities. And they continue until the day, the day of one's death, when a person must take wise choice regarding the disposition of any goods that are left behind. In the book of Genesis, it is stated that God bestowed upon Adam, Adam the blessing of life and the blessing of labor. Labor is not a consequence of the sin. But God bestowed upon Adam the blessing of life and labor. Among the tasks assigned to him, Adam was called to, for example, to name the, all the animals in the world, which he carried out with the expertise of a skilled scientist. Scientist. This initial act of productivity set the stage for Adam's further contribution to society. Nonetheless, the significance of leading a, a meaningful life extend for far beyond horizontal relationship with others. On a vertical level, it is essential to devote ourselves to God and prioritize Him above all else. As beings created in His likeness, we are called to offer our hearts to Him and live for His glory by dedicating our hearts and hands to him. We can spread the words, take my life, 
We have all stumbling in our lives, much like the thief on the cross. We have, sometimes we have, I would say, all taken something that wasn't rightly ours, part, uh, particularly from God. Nonetheless, the delightful news is that God forgives and redeems even the most egregious of thieves. Remember when Jesus was crucified, he granted his grace to, a, to the thief who had spent his life probably stealing and had nothing left. Even with his sins, Jesus sacrificed himself for him, allowing him to be forgot by God and enter in paradise. We, 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 we should express our gratitude and ad admiration to God for his boundless mercy and love. There is a profound value in forgiveness, which is made through Jesus' sacrifice to settle the debt for our souls. Moreover, we need not incessantly climb to everything, nor fret over every little thing or become freezed about them in this world. The Apostle Paul reinforced this idea in Romans chapter 8 declared that God, who did not spare his own, his own son, surrendered him for all of us. That demonstrated God's nature and love and highlights the need for us to be givers rather than just getters. We, I would like to invite you to consider what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 30. Please, could you open your Bible in, in Proverbs? And that should be our prayer when we think about this topic. Proverbs 30, verse 7 through 9. Proverbs 30, verse, verse 7 through 9. Ago, he said, Two things I ask of you. Deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me. Lest I be fool and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. That should be our prayer. God, the generous provider, best wait upon us his own son, Jesus Christ, for the purpose of our redemption. This allows us to securely revolve around him, even in the face of life's uncertainties. We are firmly held in his grasp, 
and it will never be abundant. He has bestowed upon us all blessings we require for both life and death. And these blessings are in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Let us pray. Father, bless your people. These people belong to you. We belong to you, Lord, in the covenant relationship that Jesus Christ did for us. Help us to serve you and, and love you above all things. And help us to obey your commandments and apply in our hearts that we can that we can fear your name and live for your glory. That's our prayer in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.